you might need to clean the underside of the toilet seat lid. Don't want to be hit by the splashback. Oh, Poseidon is a fickle bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've been told. Poseidon <laughs> got me this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had wet wipes. I did, indeed. Because that's gross. It is gross, especially when you have that blue toilet stuff gross. in there. Ooh. Oh, see? That comes back around to the brown speckled White Castle shirts. I'm going to have yeah. to start doing your trick, Mike, where you said put toilet paper down on the toilet before you go. That way it doesn't splash back on you. Yeah. Yeah, if you get you about six or six or eight squares worth of toilet paper and just sort of <laughs> let it. If you got to take if you got to take that much preparation, you maybe need to see the doctor. <laughs> yeah. What's your doctor? What's your problem? Well, before I go to the bathroom, I have to layer on the top on the top level of the toilet because if I don't, the splashback just burns my butthole. Welcome back to the Five Dirty Bikers podcast. Hi, hi, Dust. Uh, yeah, yeah. What in God's name and the abominable snowman? Who are we talking to tonight? Well, we got Mister Scootin' America himself tonight, Adam Sandoval. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing good, brother. Doing very, very well. Happy to be here. Awesome. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, man. He's braving the snow. He's gonna get frostbite. Adam, how long have you been back from from Mexico? About a week, week and a half. Okay, so you got back just in time for everything to explode. Exactly what happened. <laughs> oh, oh man, man. that's it's yeah, been a it was, shit show too. <laughs> it, it's been atrocious. It's been terrible. So, uh, Adam, by some reason, people on the podcast do not know who you are. Why don't you tell them who you are and what you do? Oh man, uh, well, I'm Adam Sandoval. <laughs> I, I'm probably most noted for owning a dog named Scooter. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody likes to watch him, and I get to to join in. (laughs) Scooter's at home in the heat right now, so that's a good thing. Uh, We we got power back on, so he's he's home enjoying that. Um, But yeah, I ride I ride uh, I ride motorcycles. Uh, It's that's that's my jam, and I you know I've ridden uh, all over the country, a little bit out of country, and um, I'm always trying to find a way to incorporate my riding with charity. I'm trying to support my veterans. Philanthropy is a huge thing for me. Um, you know, we've raised millions of dollars in the motorcycle community for veterans and, um, we're not done. There's a lot of, lot of need out there for veterans. And I've taken it upon myself to try to be one of the voices to, to make a difference there. That's a great, it's a great cause, dude. I'm that sure, really is I'm a sure great veterans cause. and their families and everybody really appreciate what you do. Yes, sir. So he's a little modest when he says he rides motorcycles. He rides the <laughs> wheels off motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> he just riding. doesn't ride them. I definitely enjoy it. <laughs> and, and and if you get on his Instagram, you'll see some really good photos and videos too. Because I noticed today that you were straight out of traction. I don't know yes. if it was today or yesterday or when you actually posted it, but it showed up in my feed and I realized that you were riding a, a bagger yeah. through a snow covered parking lot. Yeah, I've which, done I've done done some miles in snow. Um you definitely snow has been a problem so you know when when, <laughs> when when you know one of my tours was was to be the you know the first person to ride to every harley davidson dealership in america in one trip right so that took me uh coast to coast like 16 times north to south like nine times um it was eighty-eight thousand miles in one trip and it landed me in some very very cold weather um but i had a ride every day i had to hit about two to three dealers a day every day um, so no matter what mother nature threw at me, I had to get out there and ride in it. So unfortunately snow was definitely part of that. Man, you were up, you're up there in miles with a uh, old scooter tramp, Scotty. Well, I don't know about <laughs> that. I, <laughs> scooter tramp, you know, scooter tramp, Scotty has definitely, uh, been on the road longer than I have and, uh, probably has more miles than I have, but I'm sure I have, uh, probably more miles in a year than he's ever done. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, you know, and certainly, stories too. yeah, certainly, <laughs> certainly, uh, longer, you know, um, more miles in one trip than he's done, but he, you know, he's got, he's got it figured out. You know, my, my, my deal was tough because, you know, I had to move every day, no matter what the weather was doing, no matter what's happening. Scooter Tramp Scotty, man, he's got this, you know, carefree layback attitude and he just, uh, 
you know, he'll go to his town and sit for a month, you know, yeah. find a little work, meet some people, set up a little house. He's good. You know, me, I never, I never had that, that quite that luxury. I had, a, I had to run every day, new, new house every day. And not only that, you were documenting the whole thing too, solo, weren't you? I was, yeah, most of it solo. Towards the end, I started getting some help. You know, in the beginning, there wasn't really, at least I wasn't aware of it if there was, there wasn't really a social media, uh, YouTube uh, career type scenario. You know, I just left and started documenting what I was doing. Um, it, the trip ran twice as long as it was supposed to. Um, I ran out of money. It was, it was, it was not great. I slept next to my motorcycle a lot. And then, then the, the reach grew and then companies started reaching out to me and wanting to get involved and wanting to help and, and things changed for me. But, but certainly, yes, for, for a lot long time, I was just documenting myself, you know, riding all day, uh, sit with a laptop next to my bike under a tarp at night and try to create some sort of content for people to see what I was, what I was doing. So how many dealerships was that total? Do you remember? 702 Harley Davidson dealerships. Did you, have, did, you ha- did you have a standout one that you liked? I would say more than the others or. Oh man. You know, there are so many good dealers out there and so many, it's, it's, it's hard to say, hard to say one that I, I liked more, more than the rest because so many dealers did so much for me. So many of them took me in, uh, gave me food, put me up, uh, got, you know, hotel rooms, got me off the dirt. Um, you know, so many of them have done so much for me. Uh, but I will tell you what I think is probably the coolest Harley Davidson dealership. Okay. I'm not going to say they're my favorite because so many have done so much good. Um, but my, what I, if I had to go to one dealership tomorrow and I could only go to one, it would be Doc's Harley Davidson in Shawano, Wisconsin. Okay. No kidding. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. My I would have to live in Shawano, dude. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have to say this, Adam, you're, you, you know, I was, I remember watching some of your things and I'd been riding bike for a long time, but I had never really done any motorcycle camping and uh, watching you watching one of your videos. When I typed in motorcycle camping, yours was one of the first things that came up on YouTube. And I watched you kind of do the, you know, pull the tarp over and sleep on the ground. And I, and I said to my wife, I'm like, I, I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do like an old school motorcycle trip, sleep on the ground. I did that for one night and I was like, fuck <laughs> that sleeping on the ground is not happening. And so I went and got an air mattress. I still love motorcycle camping, but I do not sleep on the ground. It's not, I cannot sleep on the ground. It's brutal. Did you, man. Say, did you say that Harley Davidson dealership was in Sean's hole? Wisconsin? I think, I think it's, uh, <laughs> no, no. I think it was Shawno, <laughs> but Shano. it might be Wausau. It's, it's right Sha- next to Shawno. Oh, okay. S H A W N O or something like that. Or maybe oh, Wasa W W A S A. Okay, I, I must have. I'm. I misheard. I misunderstood. Okay. You're jacking <laughs> with him, Mike. Come on. Right. You're messing with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. I heard that Sean. I heard that Sean's whole town. I heard that's <laughs> Sean's whole town's the shit. Yeah. Well, it's a big city. <laughs> it's yeah. a big place. <laughs> that's a big place. That's funny. <laughs> So, you know, he's talking about riding in the snow. I watched your video of you riding in downtown New York. Screw that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that was insane. Yeah, Manhattan's a crazy city to ride in. Um, you know, you just got to be aggressive. That's that's what I learned real quick there. You'll get run over, you know, or you won't go anywhere. You know, you just uh, you got to be aggressive and it's, it's extremely dangerous. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I get people, you know, you guys know how it is. And, and ladies, of course, uh, you, you know how it is. Uh, the Internet is great at giving people advice. And, yeah. uh, you know, they, <laughs> they, they always tell me how dangerous what I'm doing is and, and all this stuff. But, man, I, you know, when you're in the moment, it's, it's better to, to crush it than it is to, to be safe sometimes. Sometimes being safe is pushing hard and, and, and fast. Um, and in New York City, that's one of them cities, man. Them guys drive crazy out there. They sure the, do. The taxis are nuts, dude. I about, oh, clipped, I about got clipped by one getting ready to walk across the street. Dude, yeah. I'm not a big flyer. And I flew into New York and got in a taxi. And I was like, I'd rather fly around the world than ride in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was scaring me to death. When I went to Chicago, that's the first time I'd ever been to a really big city. Like, you know, New York, whatever. And man, we got off at the train station and got in a damn cab and I white knuckled the door handle in the cab until we got to the hotel. Cause I thought that motherfucker was going to kill us. <laughs> we were all over the man. 
it's yeah, no, I agree. It's it's terrible. So not only is has Adam uh, rode across the country multiple times on the road, you just did it off road. Yeah, yeah, that was an exciting. That was an exciting thing. Something I always wanted to do. Yeah. So I I do want to ask a question because this question was brought up to me by one of our Discord members. Um, On your Africa Twin. Did you have the base model or the adventure sports model? I had the base model, but I did have the DCT. So I had the automatic transmission. Okay. His question to me was my thoughts on it. And I spoke with him on the phone and he, I'm trying to figure out the difference in the electronic suspension versus the base model suspension. If it is worth the $3,500 upgrade. So my opinion would be this. I, I have not tried the electronic suspension, okay? But I can tell you what I know about the base suspension. Right. And that is, it sucks. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's too right. soft. Uh, it's, it's just too soft. You put any weight on that bike or you hit any anything hard. And it's yeah. too, and listen, I'm no off-road expert. You know, I think we got cut off there a little bit when, when you asked me what my dirt experience was. I mean, it was zero. Um, I bought that motorcycle and uh, I think it was three weeks later I was on the tap. So I had like three weeks of experience on, on off-road and I went, you know, from coast to coast off-road uh, across the country and, and, you know, very little experience, but it didn't take me long to figure out that that front suspension um, is the back's fine, but the front just way too soft. Okay. Was that when you were talking about the suspension, was that on your bike or Ashley's bike that the front suspension blew out? Uh, the front suspension blew out on my bike. Yeah, on your bike. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to answer your question, I personally, if I had to do it over again, would not probably spend the $3,500 on that suspension. I would probably find an aftermarket suspension company and spend okay. half half of that okay. and get something that works really well. Okay. All right. If I was I'm, that I, I've got a CRF 450L and okay. I mean, I love the suspension on that thing, but uh, I, I'm, I'm just not familiar with the twin and the electronic suspension portion of it. And so yeah. I, that, that was just one question I had because I knew you did a, you did a few clicks on one. So I figured yeah. I would ask a couple. So h- how was the DCT? Is it? So the DCT is almost like cheating. I mean, it was really easy. I mean, it was so <laughs> simple. Yeah. I, it, it felt like cheating, man. Uh, anybody I rode with, I was just like, wow, I got it way easier than them. Um, the, the advantages are, you know, just, uh, constant throttle control, you know, you, I could run a camera in one hand and never have to worry about running my gear too low or, or, or anything. You know what I mean? I could, so it's really great for filming. Cause I, you know, that's, that's how I film. I, I ride one handed with a camera in the other hand and whatever, whatever I shoot is what I shoot. Um, so it was really great for that. And, uh, it was really good across the board. The only time it was a disadvantage is if things got very technical, because then you can't kill the power. You know what I mean? So if, and again, I'm, I'm not an expert, so I'm, I'm sure there's guys out there who are, who are saying no, this and that, but, but whatever they're saying, I, from my experience, you couldn't kill the power. So if you got a little bit too much throttle on a bump or something like that, you got to just hang on because you can't pull in the clutch to slow the bike down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, you just, you got to break and, and do what you can there, but there's no, there's no killing the power. There's no, easing the power on with a clutch um mm-hmm. you know if you get in a single track it sucks you know it's definitely not but that, you know it's a big bike it's not a single track bike it's not designed right. for single track there are guys that can ride it on single track i'm sure but um so single track the dct sucks cruising the country i'd buy another one in a second do you um do you happen to have have you or have you owned a bike with a recluse in it i have not owned a bike i mean I mean, technically, or have I guess ridden I or anything. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. To, I was trying to figure out if I know you have to switch gears, but you know, the whole thing with the recluse is you don't lose that. You know, you're not having to worry with the clutch necessarily, right. and and all of that. You know, you can just shift and go. Um, yeah. And, and I didn't know if that was if that would be a better, you know, or if that was any sort of thing to that. But I think a recluse uh, would be probably superior to the dct in the technical stuff um because yeah. you, again because you have the option of the clutch right yeah even though it's a recluse you still have the option to kill that power with that clutch or feather that power um yeah. 
So I would say it's probably better for the single track because of that reason. Um, But on the open road, I'd say it's probably still not as good as the DCT because you're still having to shift. Um, But it's still, you know, it's good. I had a recluse. I built built a a trike for a veteran that was missing two legs and one hand and only had two fingers on the hand he had. And so I built, yeah, yeah. So I built a a trike for him and that's what we put in a a recluse clutch. clutch. Mm -hmm. So I rode it a little bit, but. You know, I haven't done any real miles on it. Yeah. All right. Well, that cool. is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was an honor to do it. It was, it was great. Does the Transamerica Highway, does it go completely across the across the United States? Correct. From uh, coast to coast. So from uh, <laughs> South Carolina to Washington State. Oh, so mm-hmm. it kind of, it doesn't go straight across. It kind of goes uh, at a diagonal. Correct. Yeah. Once okay. you get to like uh, Nevada area once you come out of colorado you go to nevada and then it cuts up um you know through utah piece of utah and then moab all that and then up into oregon and then into washington yeah i know beautiful country in some of your videos that son of a bitch looked a little dicey (laughs) (laughs) man i wish i could have captured it 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 was downright scary i mean it, it, it was downright scary and um you know i feel kind of bad because i brought a couple vets on the trip and, you know, that's kind of one of my things I love to do is, you know, get veterans and take them on road trips, you know, and I'll just, uh, it's not a, you know, people always ask me, is that a charity? What's the, and it's not, it's not a charity. It's just, um, it's just a man spending his money doing what he loves to do. You know what I mean? Um, so I pay their way and, and I pay their fuel and their, their lodging and their food. And, you know, the only thing I won't buy for them is, is, you know, their booze. Cause some of them boys can drink, <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, I pay their way and I just, I just do it out of, out of whatever I make in a, in a year, you know, I'll take a piece of it off and, and I'll use it to take veterans on trips and there's no, uh, no tax write off or anything funny like that. Like 501 C three status. It's just, it's just enjoy it. So I guess a uh, full circle, the, 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 the biggest thing with that was, um, I kind of got some guys in, in some situations that maybe, um, we're, we're a little extreme. I had a guy break his leg out there. Um, I had, uh, you know, another guy, you know, get in some situations where we just had to turn around. Um, it, yeah, it was very extreme once we got to Colorado. And then once we got like the Oregon, after we went through Moab, everything just turned to sugar sand. I mean, we went, I think probably for me, the worst section of trail was we went uh, 64 miles. And I think it took us, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it took us 14 hours. Holy mm. yeah. Was it, it was just brutal, the dude. elevation and the twisties or what was it? Was it exactly? Sand, man. You'd oh, ride you'd sand. ride for five feet and then your bike would wash out and you'd pick it up. And you'd ride for five more feet and your bike would wash out and you'd pick it up. Shit. Was there was there straightaways at all or were you were you doing single track through sugar sand? No, it was it was a straightaway. <laughs> I mean, most of it was straight, you know, desert. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but the problem is, 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 you know, once you get into it, you, there's just, there's just no getting out. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's just deep, it's deep sand. I mean, straight down your swing arm in sand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, the and there's no way to get enough, no way to get enough traction to be able to propel yourself is to the stay thing. on top of it. Right. Yeah. And then when it does turn, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, maybe there's guys that can just float on this stuff mm-hmm. and ride, but for a guy like me and, and the guys I had on there, man, it, it worked us out. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. Um, There's videos. You can see it all <laughs> back, you know, back to the guy who actually, you know, who broke his leg and stuff like that. I mean, man, that happens to the best riders. Uh, you know, if, if you just hit something off camber, off center and lose your balance mm-hmm. and your bike goes up against a, a, you know, a tree or a rock snap, you're done. Oh, um, God. And, and that's that happens to the best of people. I mean, I ride, you know, I ride dual sport enduro stuff now. It, you know, I, I try to not push the limits too much, um, but that's... Man, you're too old. You'll break a hip. <clears throat> I know. <laughs> I, I'll forget. Hell, I'm too old. I forget how to get home. <laughs> Look who's talking. Uh, I know. I know better to do that. Oh, man. Adam, let's talk K-River a little bit, man. All right. So you got some good news well, within the last week or so about a nomination. Uh. Yeah. So they were, uh, yes, I got nominated. There's a, there's a website. It's called motorcycledestinations.com. And I think it's a fairly new thing, but they're trying to document all the real 
biker destinations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and this is something I think they're onto something because um, when I did travel the country, I would get into a new town and the first thing I do is like, okay, where can I find other bikes? You know what I mean? And you start looking, there's not a good place to find real biker destinations where I can run into other bikers that are like-minded that are, you know, uh, immersed in the culture and, and, you know, that I can ride with and meet with, uh, you know, every Burger King that held a bike night on a Thursday, five weeks ago is listed as a biker friendly place on the websites that are out there. You know, and, and, and there's just no way to differentiate true motorcycle destinations and everybody who's just friendly to motorcycles. So they've started this website and, uh, they nominated my, my campground, the Cape River campground as, um, one of the best motorcycle campgrounds in America. And, uh, it was an honor because, um, I, I don't necessarily know that I, I think it's one of the best in America, but I think it's honor that, 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 that they chose me. I think it's because of our free veteran camping. I think that has a lot to do with it and the motorcycle events. We do host a lot of motorcycle events there. So have you kept any sort of tally about how many veterans have been in and out of K river? Man, um, the answer would be yes. I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but Cheryl, uh, she runs the office. She could definitely tell you. Um, but it's, I mean, our veteran, so we've got one veteran cabin up and running right now. It's, uh, you know, exclusively for veterans. It's free seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, that thing's rented almost every day, all year long. Um, and I say rented, uh, booked, I should say, cause they, they pay nothing. Um, and then we've got about 20 tent spots and about three RV spots and kind of a veterans area that we kind of, you know, this area is strictly for veterans. So they can be around like-minded people and, and they can get away from the crowds of the rest of the campground whenever they want. Um, and, uh, that place, I mean, it stays busy right there. And then we're, we're just about complete with a second cabin, uh, which is, uh, for disabled veterans. It's all, um, handicap accessible roll-in showers, uh, ramp to get in, push button, open door. So, you know, they don't have to ask somebody to open the door for them. That can be uh, a real, a real struggle, you know, independence, you know, a lot of these veterans are, uh, these are, these are men and women who have, you know, been extremely, uh, self-sufficient and independent and, and, and everything. And then you take away the ability to use arms and legs and all of a sudden, um, you start to become more dependent on other people and that can do a lot to someone's psyche, uh, their, their energy, their personality. So just simple things like pushing the button on, on a wall that the door opens for you, you can get out of the cabin and you don't have to ask somebody to open the door for you. You know what I mean? You can bump it with your chair, or with your elbow or whatever. You don't have to ask somebody to help you just to go outside. You know, I used to say, how, how would it be to be married or, or something and get in an argument with your spouse? And then you want to get away. You're like, can you come open this door and let me outside? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you want to just be able to go outside. Right. I know exactly so, what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just uh, designing this cabin so that they have some independence. That's what really was important to me on this project. And um, I think we've hit it. Very nice. Congrats, awesome. dude. It's seeing a lot of success. Uh, a lot of people, like yeah. I said, really appreciate it and good for you. Really good. Call. I, I, so, I think it's good. Oh yeah. So what made you, get involved with veterans and helping them out. What was the, the, the reason behind that? Um, you know, so, so I get asked this question a lot and usually it's just a real, you know, simple, fast, generic answer, which is like, listen, temptation, distractions kept me from joining the military and, you know, regret made me want to do something about it. Um, and, and that's accurate. Uh, but the reality is, is, you know, when I was a kid and, and when I was probably the age when, when a lot of young men and women were, 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 um, you know, joining the military to, to, to fight for the country, I was messing up. I was, I was a wild child. I was causing problems. And, and, uh, when I got in my, my thirties, it really started to sink in because I had buddies who were coming home, buddies who didn't come home. And I thought, you know, I really didn't do my part for community and these guys did. Right. And, uh, I started looking at joining, I started going to different uh, agencies and, and, and recruiting offices and looking at joining the military at like, I think I was 35 or 36 just missed it by a couple of years. Yeah. Just by a couple of years. And they started telling me, they started telling me, you know, no, no. Um, I mean, I had a buddy who was a recruiter and he said, listen, Adam, he says, you want to do something? He's like, you really feel bad. He's like, figure out a way 
to, to use what you have available to you and use your, you know, I've always been into marketing. You know, I was into mixed martial arts for a lot of years. I did a lot of, you know, management and promotions and, um, you know, fighting, own gyms, uh, all that stuff. And uh, he said, use your talents to, to give back, you know, use what you've learned in life to give back. He's like, don't join now. He's like, you are too old. He's like, you're never going to get out of it what you think you're going to get out of it at this age. He's like, just don't do it. So I heeded his advice and I said, you know what? I can make a difference. And um, I knew that the motorcycle, you know, I loved to ride at the time. Now, I didn't have a lot of riding experience long distance. I rode weekly, but, you know, to my local tavern or to the local hot spot or, you know, with my buddies. I think I had taken one long trip that was about 700 miles um, to a funeral. And um, that was it. That was my extent of long distance. I think anything between, you know, maybe 200 would probably be my next miles uh, long trip after that. So not a lot. And I just said, you know what? I know that the motorcycle community sports veterans. I know I love motorcycles. My dog loves to ride. Um, I went through a, a divorce um, right when all this happened. And I just said, you know what? screw it. I sold everything I owned, uh, my house, my furniture, my, all my, I had multiple motorcycles, sold my other motorcycles, um, just sold everything and, uh, got on my bike and just started riding in about a month into it. I was like, what did I get myself into? But, uh, <laughs> you know, I stayed stubborn. We finished it and it was, it was good. Yeah. That's really cool that you do so much for the veterans because they deserve everything they get. No yeah. doubt about it. Without a doubt. So let's switch gears a little bit. You're mainly a Harley guy. We know that you've done a lot of miles, but there for a little stint, you switched over to the Indians. So, well, I didn't switch. I you added. Didn't sw- yeah, you added. <laughs> so the difference. Yeah. So basically, what I was asking is, what what did you think of the Indian? Because we have, so, have a lot of discussions about this on on the podcast. Yes, we so do. I get the this- Indians been hot lately. <laughs> uh, I get this question a lot. So, you know, there's, there's a couple different ways to look at it. And, um, you know, the first way is just rideability, right? How good does the motorcycle ride? How well does it perform? And in that department, there's no question the Indian's superior to the, to the Harley um, in almost every way that I can think of and that I've experienced. Um, but there's so much more to motorcycling than just how well your bike performs. Um, you know, Honda Goldwing outperforms the, the Harley, too. I mean, I'm sorry. It does oh, uh, for the win, man. Yeah, that thing's man. a convertible accord. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, so, but, but when it comes to comfort, when it comes to performance, when it comes to suspension, when it comes to everything, ergonomics, John, I mean, the, the bike is a superior bike. I mean, it just, uh, when it comes to all those types of things, when it comes to actually riding, but then you got the culture. And then when you start to get into the culture, that's when things really change, you know? I tell people, listen, if you're riding for the culture, for the camaraderie, for the parties, for the events, um, if that's what you're riding for, the Harley's the obvious choice. If you're riding because you want to crush solo miles and go around the country and see as much as you can, but you still want to be an American V-twin, then the Indian's the obvious choice. Fair enough. Well, it, seems, it seems like Harley, you know, I mean, Harley has always been about brotherhood and camaraderie mm-hmm. and everything else. And for some strange reason i don't picture a group of goldwing guys breaking a glass <laughs> bottle on the barge saying come on fucker let's go outside <laughs> so i got a i got a story for you uh you know this is this is kind of a funny one uh the the uh i had a guy that, that was riding a metric bike uh with all of his buddies and i was by myself i was the only harley guy i was in a campground where they were hosting some sort of um metric bike rally and uh you know i pulled in with my bike all weighted down my old evolution 1996 electric glide with my dog on the back and someone's telling the guy who's running the campgrounds telling the lead guy from this group uh about me and what i do and he's like he's like oh that many miles on a harley davidson's i'm like yeah he's like he's like oh that's a lot of that's a lot of marlboros and beer <laughs> i just looked at him i said no brother i said that's a lot of whiskey and women where'd phil go he'll probably agree with you yeah (laughs) yeah it was a joke it was fun but yeah that's that's where the bent that's where the the culture harley definitely has has the the lead in that aspect culture and and in our discord we have anybody can join and it's free it's fucking free um but you know, we have all different box metric, American, you know, whatever. 
you know, nobody gets judged for what they ride and, and, you know, we don't judge anyone. Um, for sure. And, and that's, you know, it's all about the community portion of it, you know, but, but definitely when it comes to, I guess when you were, when you were riding your Indian, was it harder to find a dealership that would be close by if you needed repairs or needed something fixed? I mean, the obvious answer is yes, I think, um, you know, because there's less dealers. Yeah. It was never a problem for me, you know, because I was riding, a, you know, a new Indian. And um, the only time I really had to go to a dealer is if I needed service. So, um, and, you know, repair wasn't a big deal. So, you know, maybe, you know, and this whole Indian, you know, movement's fairly new. So most of the Indians on the road are pretty new. Um, so I don't think that's an issue right now. I think it's definitely something to talk about. But I don't think it's a real issue for the rider until uh, maybe another 10 years, five years when these bikes start getting older, then you might see some. But who knows what dealership status is at Harley's canceling 200 dealers this year. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, who knows what where that sits when that happens, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely less dealers. You got less of a support network when you're out traveling. There's no doubt about it. But they're still in every major city. You know what I mean? You're, you're still never more than a couple hundred miles away from one where Harley sometimes, you know, the dealers are 15 miles apart, but you know, you can still make it happen. I, it never was an issue for me. I could see it being an issue in the future though, if they don't expand their dealership network. Do you think, Adam, do you think that, uh, um, this, my, my issue or what I've always posed as, as kind of the downfall right now is, uh, um, to me, at least India needs to catch up in the aftermarket parts area. You know, it's, I mean, it, it seems like they're, they're making a good bike, but I think one thing that almost every motorcyclist I know loves about their bike is making it their own. I mean, mm-hmm. Tony, just Tony just bought a, you know, 2021 street Bob and it was stock for about four seconds. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, we, we all love to do things to our bike. And I think that's one of the weaknesses of Indian is that they, there, there's not enough aftermarket support and there's not enough big companies or even small companies that it seems like they don't see the value in it yet. And to me, I, to me, that's going to be a really major issue moving forward because, you know, right now with Harley, you can buy a Harley. And you have, you can buy Harley aftermarket parts, or you can buy really good, really quality American made parts from all of these other companies that are making things for your bike that you might like. And I just don't see that with Indian. And so to me, that's their weakness. I don't think their bikes are weak at all, but I think the aftermarket is a problem. Mm -hmm. You're a hundred percent correct. I, I will, I will agree with that 100%. Um, and, and I, I actually recently did a video stating the exact same thing, you know, being able to customize your bike is comes an issue with, with Harley or with, with Indian. Um, and I've met with a lot of companies about, about that. And, um, a lot of them are hesitant, uh, to take, to take the jump. Some of them because they got burnt, um, with the victory, uh, you know, situation, you know, there's guys out there with, with warehouses of victory parts that they can't get rid of now. You know what I mean? Um, so that that kind of hurt a little bit. I understand why Indian did it, and I think they made the right choice, but I think it did definitely stunt their growth on the aftermarket probably a little bit. But I think it's starting. You know, I just got a box in the mail a couple days ago. I haven't got it on my bike yet, but, man, I just got a whole dash relocation for my Challenger where it takes the gauges and puts them down on the outside of the bars. It puts a, it puts a high risers on it, a T-bar with a, you know, with a, with a, basically like a dirt bike handlebar, um, yep. relocates the gauge up high up by the windshield. I mean, just relocates the whole dash and bars. And I'm, you know, it's made by a company called Barnstorm and, okay. um, they sent it to me to try out. I haven't put it on yet. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, it'll go on hopefully as soon as it just warms up just a hair, um, which should be the next couple of days. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I think, so I think there's going to be some companies starting to take a stab at it. And the companies that move fast will probably do pretty good because, well, they've been selling some bikes, but it'll be a long time before they ever catch Harley on the aftermarket game. There's, you know, and I work with companies like Ciro 3D, you know, they make aftermarket parts for Harley all over the place. Um, they make them for Goldwing too now. And for a year, I've been lobbying for them to start making some Indian stuff. And they're, they're like, yeah, we do the metrics. We're just not ready. It's just not right. 
again, that's one of those things where we're just going to have to see what happens. But but it's definitely an issue right now. Not enough aftermarket parts for Indian. 100 percent right. correct. Yeah, because right. we had custom dynamics on and they were saying the same thing. They're like they sell more to Harley. You know, you're going to sell more to Harley in, in that yeah. aspect as far as lights and everything. But, you know, they mm-hmm. it seemed like they were it was maybe in the books down the road. I agree. It's sort of like making, you know, gun holsters or anything else. If 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 you have to go where the money's at Absolutely. and there's there's way more Harleys on the road than there is Indians. So, you know, I mean, go, go where the money's at and make, you know, make that money. So that's well, that's basically it. I, I get it. Profit is king. Hey, I got a couple questions before we do the discord. Okay. First, qu- first question. What's your what's your uh, status on White Castle? I don't know. Uh, is there is there something going on White Castle? I'm not aware of. <laughs> no. Do you like White Castle? <laughs> oh, um, I I love White Castle, man. I yeah. I'm, I'm, <gasps> Yay! White Castle for the win. I'm down with White Castle for sure. Yeah, we're huge that. fans. Huge fans. Oh, yes. cool, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they're actually. Well, we, we were supposed to have a moto meet up here. And this past fall, but of course, COVID kept that from happening, but they were on board for sponsorship. So we got, I don't know, Tony, like, I don't know. I got a stack stack of gift cards, like, yay high (laughs) that for the, for the meetup when it eventually does happen. So awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. And then second part of that question, do you know what a Merkin is? Oh my God. (laughs) I don't. Um, well, be prepared. That's probably a educated. good thing, Adam, that you don't know what this is. A merkin is otherwise known as a pubic wig. Yeah, no, I wasn't familiar with that. <laughs> that face that he made. <laughs> Unfortunately, that, this is a real thing, and they sell them on Amazon. Now tell yeah, him the story, good, Mike, so. so he understands this. Uh, well, back in the 16th century, the uh, the the ladies of the night had syphilis so bad that all of their hair fell out. So to disguise that they wore a pubic wig called a Merkin, sort of like what the, 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 the old movies that you see revolutionary stuff where they have the blonde wigs on. It was like that. It only, it was for your, for their pubical region. <laughs> I, y'all have the best talk show on the internet. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much. We, we are <laughs> here to educate. So with that, with that being said, I'd like to introduce you to our top tier patrons, who are also known as our miraculous Merkins. Hmm. Nice. Mirac- miraculous Merkins, registered trademark, Web and Inc. <laughs> those are great, and, and that's oh, that's yeah. that is a re- that's a real thing. That that. You know, the funny thing is, is we've 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 asked people about this before and many, you know, most, if not all people don't know. But the the really unfortunate thing about it is it's legit. Like, that's a real story. He didn't make that up. And the I mean, people that real do thing. know, I question <laughs> why they even know this. Because I could have went my whole life and been fine. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it, it, it's one of those things. We were sitting at work one day and a guy was talking about it and brought it up. And he was like, hey, Mike, do you know what American is? And I said, no. And he starts telling me about it. And I'm like, are you shitting me? And he was like, no, man, it's real. And I said, are you shitting me? And I looked it up and sure enough, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. And it's so, yeah, yeah, I brought it. I probably I brought it up on the podcast to be funny one time, and it just turned into a question that we generally ask every guest that we have on. So you know, just yeah. one of those things. I appreciate. Next time I'll have the right answer. So we'll go ahead and we're going to give a shout out to our miraculous Merkins. Thank you for doing what you do for us every month, as well as all of our Patreon tiers. Thank you guys very much for for supporting FDB and what we do on this show. So. Going down the line, we got Matt, Chris, Kenneth, Andrew, Mike, Philip, Robbie, Matt, and Walter. Thank you for being our miraculous Merkins. Whoop, whoop. Thank you, guys. All right, Discord friends, FDB's about to answer your questions. Make sure you head over to 5DirtyBikers.com and click the link on the homepage to visit our Discord and become a member. 
I'm going to kick us off with the first one. This comes from Weems Motor Co. He said, what was the sketchiest thing that happened while riding in Mexico? Uh, the toilets, man. The toilets are super <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the toilet situation was, was super sketchy. Uh, you know, the, the roads in the Baja where I was, um, you know, I can't speak to where I wasn't, but where I was, the roads are pretty good. You know, the, the problem was um, when you got into the towns, the side roads, you know, the highways were good. The side roads, a lot of times were dirt with a lot of potholes. But if you got good suspension, you know how to scan and you know how to ride. Uh, it's not a huge issue. I mean, it's totally doable on a, on a, on a bagger. Um, but like going around corners, there'd be a lot of debris. Like you come around a corner, there's rocks, you know, that fell in the road. They'd probably been there for a month. You know, I don't think they have the road service that we have to get the roads clean again. So debris in the road. It's probably the most dangerous thing in Mexico. The toilets were definitely the most sketchy thing in Mexico. <laughs> so was it one of those where you're looking for the flush handle and then it's not there? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, there's no porcelain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Porce- porcelain would have been a nice start. Uh, that <laughs> would have been handles. a plus. Yeah, flush handles three stages back, man. Yeah. So no, no bidets in Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, no bidets. So, so Adam, you you might appreciate this, you know, being a motorcycle rider and knowing some history. So, Weems Motor Co. Um, Jared Weems is the owner of that, and uh, Jared Weems um, built a replica David Mann motorcycle. And Jared is a is a Triumph guy, and David Mann only had two Triumph motorcycles ever in any of his artwork, and so Jared made the first the first one, a replica of his first bike that he did uh, um, on a painting from uh, there's a hot dog stand and a couple of girls and there's this triumph motorcycle. And he made that and um, he made this replica bike. Uh, It's won first place in every single um, competition he's entered it in so far. And so, um, and then the other thing he's doing with this motorcycle is he's giving it away for a $25 raffle ticket. And 100% of the proceeds is going to his charity of choice, which is the Forgotten Angels in Tampa, Florida. And so that, that charity is dedicated to uh, young men who have, who have aged out of the foster care system. And so when they're 18 years old, you're kicked to the curb. Your foster family is not getting any more money for you. And so some of these kids are literally kicked out of the house at, on their 18th birthday. And so Forgotten Angels will go pick them up. They'll bring them out to their property in Florida. The first thing they do is they give them a birthday party. They buy them a cake. They give them a party. And so Jared is donating 100% of the money from this for, from his from his motorcycle to the Forgotten Angels charity. And so that's one of the things we're doing actually is we're donating 100% of our Patreon dollars from our from our February Patreon to the Forgotten Angels charity to support Jared. Jared's a very good friend of the podcast, but he is an amazing bike builder. And I'm going to very luckily be able to see his second David Mann bike. So he built the second bike now that he's unveiling this weekend at Choppertown Live in um, uh, in Florida this weekend. So um, it, so I, it's in Sarasota, Florida, and I will be in Sarasota this weekend, and I'm going to be able to uh, to see his unveiling of his second bike. But he'll have he'll have both bikes there. And so, um, yeah, it's his, the bike is absolutely positively the one that he's giving away is amazing. His new bike is amazing too, but he's a, he's a triumph guy is what he is. So, um, but yeah, he, he, he is definitely, uh, um, an amazing bike builder and, and does some, does some great charity work. And another thing, another connection to you guys, he's also a veteran. So, um, yeah, he was, uh, um, he was a paratrooper and he has uh, something like, I don't remember what he said. Well over 200 jumps under his belt. So yeah, not yeah. me. Very cool. I don't yeah, even he... like flying in a plane, no less jumping out of the bastard. <laughs> <Me either. laughs> but yeah, he's, he, he's a good dude. So uh, Tim Gilland asks, was it hard to teach Scooter how to ride on the bike and not be scared? Or did he just, just come natural to it? Or did he just take to it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Scooter never knew anything different. Uh, he was riding uh, before he knew his name. He was he was riding at probably 14 weeks, 15 weeks old. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah. He he was he was this big when he was Fell riding. In your pocket, dude. Yeah, yeah. My my girlfriend at the time just had a 
mesh bag and we put him in that mesh bag and she'd jump on the back of the bike and we'd take off. So, uh, he'd carry him around like a sugar glider. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, he's just never known any different. Um, I mean, it's just been part of his life forever. Uh, you know, when we left on our trip to, to live off the bike for, for the years that we did, I mean, he, he, it's not like something I trained him to do. He just always was on the bike with me. Yeah. From birth. So, and I remember that. Them the, I remember that in some of those, uh, those videos that you did when it was really cold, you did put him inside your jacket to keep him warm. Didn't you? When you were, Oh riding? yeah. Yeah, his yeah. little head be poking out right here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He's the star awesome. of the show now, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, I tell people uh, he's the show and I'm the chauffeur. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's the way that works. That's, That's right. cool. I mean, cool. he's got to be one of the toughest dogs on the planet to survive what a couple of motorcycle accidents and a bus accident. Dude, he's tough as nails, man. That dog, I tell you, he has been through it and he just keeps going. He just, uh, He's super tough. He's had a rough year, man. Um, illness and health has not been good for him this last year, but uh, he's coming out of it great. He's doing really good right now. So uh, he's kind of back to his old self, which I'm really excited about. It's been, he's on a lot of medication. That's not, he earns his stripes though, right? Yeah, man, he has. And that's <laughs> why, you know, people are like, man, I see this Jeep stuff coming in. And it's like, you know what? I still want to chill with my dog. And he just can't, he, because of his diseases and because of his uh, illnesses and his medications, he just can't handle the extreme temperatures like he used to, you know, I used to throw him in the back of my bike and, you know, it'd be 110 degrees outside and we'd go, we'd take off for 600 miles, 800 miles is no thing to do in a day, you know, and I'd stop at gas stations and just fill his bag with ice and, and he'd lay on the ice and we'd roll out. And, um, you know, and then in the winters, I got a heated jacket and I cut all the elements out of the heated jacket and duct taped them to the inside of his bag and plugged oh, it wow. into my motorcycle and he had heat back there. And I mean, he'd ride around in, you know, uh, 20 degree weather, no problem. Um, and they've got real bad. He'd just go in my jacket. We'd keep each other warm and he just can't do that no more, man. Um, he's just, it's just, it's just not a reality and it, it sucks. Um, and, it, and it really sucks when people are like, oh man, we want to see scooter riding with you. But unfortunately th those days um, are not necessarily all behind me, but unless the weather's perfect, the distance is perfect. I know he's going to be okay. Um, I just don't put him through it. Yeah. He used to love it. You know, people be like, how do you know your dog wants to ride with you? You know, every, like I said, every internet knows, you know, how do you know? And I'm like, man, you know, Scooter's going to be 14 years old here next month. And uh, I can tell when he likes something and doesn't like something. He lets me know, you know, we communicate. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's let me know that he doesn't like it in extreme cold and, and extreme heat anymore. So I don't make him do it. There you go. Yeah, buddy. That's good. That's good. Doge dad. That's what that yeah, is. Well, he's, a, he's a good dog, man. Good. Good love stuff. The mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Who, do, who's do got the next? Yeah, we got Jay Sherman. Uh, says besides Ciro, what other lighting would you recommend? Oh, with besides Ciro. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. I have. I had some. Uh. Uh. What is it? Custom Dynamics. Is that? I had some of their stuff. Um. It was good. <laughs> I had. I had no issue with it. I got a headlight on my bike right now. That's not theirs that I really like, but I have it. Vision X, Vision X. Vision X. Yeah. It was beautiful, beautiful headlight. Um, works really well. I tested it. Uh, it works great. You know, I guess I don't know a lot of lighting companies, you know, um, I had some stuff that was Kyriakin. Their stuff worked fine. Um, you know, I've had some issues with the powder coating and stuff there. And then we, we end up just having a, a personal falling out. So um, I don't run their stuff anymore. Because I don't, you know, I just don't agree with their, their business ethics. But other than that, I mean, their lights were fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell anybody that their lights are bad because uh, their lights, their lights are fine. Ciro's just a good company who's taking good care of me. It's taking good care of my friends. Um, you know, they, they give good customer service. I've had people write me and be like, you know, they, they, they stood behind the product. They offer a lifetime warranty. So they've just, uh, they've just been a, a good company for me to partner with. And they, I like the way their products look. So it's not that I think everything else is, is not as inferior to them because I, I don't think that's the case. Um, they just are a good company to work with. Nice. Mm. All right. So I got one from Mr. Deluxe. That's a great name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> of all the man. riding you've done in the U S what is the worst and most boring ride as far as States go? Kansas. Yes. Kansas. You know, <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, I mean, if if you're on a if you're on a a uh, uh, on road bike on a cruiser, Kansas has to be the longest stretch. Highway seventy, Interstate oh. seventy is the longest oh. stretch of road with absolutely not a fucking thing in the middle of nowhere. Hot, uh, interstate to travel on. So if you're looking for some boredom, there's plenty of it. So Kansas. So part two of his question was, what is the most amazing riding that normally people don't talk about? So we all know the. Okay. That's good. I like that. I like that caveat at the end. Yeah, that that's yeah. good because because people always ask me that, and I always got to go to these these roads that everybody says, but they're they everybody says them for a reason, you know. Yeah. We're looking for specific roads, or we're looking for areas. Just areas, a state. Let's. See. I think he specified um, a state. I like big sky country. I like Wyoming. I like Montana. Yeah. Um. I like Utah. You know. Um. Those 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 are you know the Dakotas are are gorgeous. Um. You know. I mean, if you can catch them in the right couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly there's you two know. weeks a year where our riding is better than anywhere in the country <laughs> yeah it's only, that's right. it's only two weeks <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i have to say northwest if i'm gonna go region i'm gonna say northwest is probably my favorite riding um followed by southwest i mean but the, you know it's you, you go east you go east like the smoky mountain you know up that east coast in the fall and I, you know the trees look like bowls of tricks i mean it's just you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and it is it's delicious riding. I mean, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I gotta say I, I'm a big sky country guy. I like to get out there and get that big sky, Wyoming, Montana. I have to you agree know, with what, that. Yeah. Adam, have yeah, you been, know. have you been on the great river road in Illinois uh, along the Mississippi? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's like 35 minutes for me. So I'm there mm-hmm. all the time when the weather's right. Yeah, it's a gorgeous road. Beautiful, right? I took these guys. Mm-hmm. We, we had our first meetup at a campground right out on that road, really. And I took them down that and everything. And yeah, they, they seemed to like it pretty well. Yeah. It was all good till we hit the corn. I've never <laughs> seen so much corn in my yeah. life. But you'll have no problem finding cool. bikers there. I know you're talking earlier about places, you know, you want to go where all the bikes are. You know, there's, there's, there's like a, a legit biker bar down there called Hog Pit. Great place to stop for barbecue and just, you know, to, to hang out with people that are uh, in the community. And, and that's what's so cool. And I, and I reached out and I don't know if they're going to do it or not, but I reached out uh, to the crew that's handling that motorcyclesdestination.com after after they, they did all that. And I, and, I, and I reached out to them. I said, guys, I want to be part of uh, helping you discover some of these places. Right. Because for me, the motorcycle content sometimes now is a little bit difficult. You know, I've, I've ridden. I don't mean this in any type of pompous way. I've just. You know, I could only do so many videos on the same roads and on the same rallies and on the same, you know, I mean, I go to Sturgis next year. What am I going to show different? that I didn't show the five years before at Sturgis. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool to be part of an operation that takes state by state and dissects it from the locals. At what are the best real motorcycle destinations? What are the best real motorcycle spots? This is something I've kind of dreamt about since my tour across the country, because I struggled with it. And now that these guys got this thing going, I'm like, you guys got to put, you got to, I want, I want in on this because just like you said there, I mean, you, you got to talk to locals to get the good spots, but if you don't know any locals and you're a traveler, how how do you get there? Yeah. Right. Cause we got this mentor program that we're going to, we're trying to get off the ground through our discord where if you live in an area and somebody's traveling on their bike, you can meet up with them and they could show you all the good spots to ride your bike. So hopefully that's that awesome. off for people and um, people can get some good riding. And especially this year, because man, last year really put a, put a damper on the whole riding experience for everybody. I tell you Dude. one thing I, I learned this year is that uh, we, um, because our, our meetup got canceled, I decided I was still going to try to ride. And so I went, um, I, cause I live in, in, Northern North Dakota, I went out to Sturgis and I'd never been out there before, but I went obviously after the rally was over. And I tell you what, that part of the country is a hidden gem. If you go there, you know, now I know the rally is one thing, but go there when the rally isn't happening, when there isn't an overcrowding of motorcycles and tourists and everything. And, uh, I I, honestly, it's amazing. Spearfish Canyon. I mean, that was, (laughs) that was such an amazing ride. I mean, 
you know, needles highway, amazing. And we were able to take in some of these things out there. Um, you know, we rode out to Wyoming and to devil's tower and we were able to do some of these things ride through the badlands and these areas where we did it when there wasn't just tons and tons and tons of motorcycle traffic. And it was absolutely incredible. I mean, just, and I'd never experienced that area before and it's 600 miles away. I mean, not even that far and I'd never been out there. And so, but it was great. And I think, I think there's something to be said for finding those areas too, that everybody likes to go to, but go to when not everybody's there. And I think you might get an opportunity to experience it in a way that's unique to that area and why it's so amazing. I have to agree with that one, 150%. That is, that is definitely spot on. Uh, one of the questions were what's coming up. Do you have any rides coming up or anything on yeah, you got a big you got a big uh, events calendar on your website. You can guys go to adamsandoval.com. You can check that out. Hopefully everything happens for you. Yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of rides we want to do. You know, last year was a big was was a big letdown. We had a lot of rides we wanted to do last year. Um unfortunately it didn't happen. I'm I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna do the, the highway one from the top to the bottom this year. I've done it before in segments. Um, I'm going to do the whole thing this year. That That's going to be a good one for me. Um, I was going to ride Alaska, but I think I'm going to take the Jeep because I want to bring Scooter. Um, and I've just been enjoying some of the off-roading, man. So, you know, I know it's off topic, but, but that, you know, I think, I think I'm going to do Alaska in the Jeep. I, I really do. Um, so I don't, I don't think I'm going to ride Alaska this year, although I was going to. Maybe I still will. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I tell you, a Jeep isn't a Jeep is not off topic on this podcast because we don't oh, okay. talk about just motorcycles. I mean, we're it's you know we talk about people, we talk about their lives, and we talk about our lives, and it's about what motorcyclists do. Yeah, we're going to ride motorcycles, but more importantly, it's people have a personal life and people, you know, so it's just getting to know people and talking to people and stuff on a personal level as well. So Amen, brother. man, you want to talk about Jeeps? We'll talk Jeeps. <laughs> no, no, I just, I was just, you know, saying that, you know, you might see that on there, but it, it's, it's probably not going to be on a motorcycle this year. Um, I, I would like to do some more off-road stuff. I mean, I really yeah. did enjoy it. It's, it's an exercise. I mean, it is, is very physical, uh, extremely, nothing like riding a bagger, um, extremely physical. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I don't I don't want to release, you know, I got a couple other things in the work right now out of the country that I'd really like to do. I don't know what what's going to happen with them. So I don't want to speak out of turn. Um, but there's going to be a lot of riding. I can tell you that we're going to. Well, can't that, wait. that's a good thing. Yeah, I yeah. think everybody's ready to get back on the bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, mean, for sure. I, I was going to say, I don't know, you know, some of these rallies I'm concerned about, you know, uh, Arizona Bike Week. I, I, that's another, you know, some rallies have just really epic riding around them. Sturgis, epic riding around it. Arizona bike week, epic riding around it. After the hit they took last year, letting them open and then controlling people the way they did. I mean, they had like little circles where people had to like stand in. And I mean, it was, it was, I wasn't there, but I, I, I heard a lot of people talk about it. I watched a lot of videos on it. Um, and I've heard a lot of feedback and it's sad. And I hope, I hope, that some of these rallies and some of these events, especially in these beautiful riding areas can bounce back from this because man, it's just a shame. It's a shame what's happened. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people have had to suffer um, Yeah, man. both sides of the politic ladder, both sides of everything. It doesn't matter if you're no wealthy, matter. doesn't matter if you're poor, everyone has suffered because of the whole, the whole COVID thing. So that's a uh, storm Yuri or whatever it is right now ain't helping either. <laughs> No, God, this winter storm sucks. This is it named Uria? Is that the name of this winter storm? If it was Yuri or Uria, <laughs> Uria. Oh, nice straight up winter storm after piss. That was a good. That's a great idea. <laughs> they should have named it Urethra because this winter storm can suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it can. <laughs> I agree. Suck a dick is bad. That's not good. <laughs> so we we better we we better we better fill you in and we'll, and we'll edit this out of the podcast. So I I don't want you to be completely in the dark here, Adam. So uh, we do this segment now at the end, usually called Word of the Day, and uh, this is this really came up <laughs> totally from an inside joke, kind of between Mike and I is where this came from. But what Mike does, is, and he's going to do this. We're not going to know the word. He takes a word. 
and he will pronounce it phonetically. Um, butchered the, the shit out of yeah yeah not the not the actual way the word is pronounced and then and then you know he's going to give us kind of a, a sentence and how it's used and where it comes from and all that kind of stuff but it's funny because when you break down some of these words he takes a, a regular normal word that you've heard before and you will not know what word he's saying so now you're in on the joke so you're not left totally in the dark about all right what, about what the segment is and, and we call it word of the day and uh, so, so now, you know, so and we so, usually uh, make something <laughs> sexual out of it. It just always goes that way <laughs> for, for whatever it reason, usually go sideways. And a lot of them do not make the podcast because we would get kicked off. <laughs> they all make the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just just so you know, the level of inappropriateness goes way up right about now. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Hey, I think I think that Brian, that this is a good idea. If we have any guests on, we need to run that before i do it because most people look at me like man this guy can't read he's, an idiot. <laughs> he's horrible <laughs> he does not know what he's doing yeah all right i like it and now it's time for the whip banana mono word of the day it's like jeff you for your mind Speaking of winter storms and piss. <laughs> snow cones. Hey, Frank Zappa once said, don't eat the yellow snow. <laughs> the word of the day is a coochie mint. <laughs> that coochie needed a mint. <laughs> <laughs> when I first. So bad it when, needs a mint. <laughs> When I first saw it, I thought it almost said a cooch cement. <laughs> oh, very bad idea. Yeah. Mm. Wax that stuff shut. That's not funny. What? I was thinking, I was thinking more of a glazed lady finger. <laughs> oh, God. This cannot make the podcast. <laughs> I mean, oh, it, it will because I'm editing. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Continue. A lady think no <sighs> spelling <laughs> is upside down e dash k o o s h dash m upside down e n t. Holy shit! I don't. <laughs> a, a I told you. Yeah, a would be <laughs> schwa kush. It's a noun. Comes from French, late 18th century. Yeah, that's where it comes from. First and what? That's where the cooch comes from. Oh my god! No, that's well. That's sort of where this word comes from. Okay. Yeah. First and only definition is the process. Of giving birth to a baby. <laughs> oh, that's the definition. Well, I'm really lost on this word. Though, I'm lost. I thought yeah, I knew man. what it was. That cooch yeah. definitely needs a mint after that. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Tony oh. turned in his chair, y'all. <laughs> oh. We can't even man, see how red his face is because he's the other direction now. Hey, Tony, that's yes, awful pretty picture yes, you Mike. have hanging up back here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my! I noticed God. you was looking at it a second ago. Yeah, I think that's his Dave Matthews concert poster. That's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Oh boy. You know how babies are made? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I have three of them. <laughs> Dave Matthews talked about it. He said, "Crash into me." Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> hey. Hey, Tony. Would you yes, like for me to use a coochie mint in a sentence? Yes, please. Okay. Examples of a coochie mint in a sentence. It took the entire zoo team to assist the elephant during her a coochie mint. <laughs> All right. That's unfortunate. I still don't know what this word is. <laughs> Okay. Well, maybe maybe this other. I need another maybe sentence. This, maybe this yeah, next will, one will help me out. I hope so. <laughs> Second example of 
accoutrement in a sentence. Every mother has a different method to make accoutrement bearable. <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> well, if it's like a breath savers, that shit stings. <laughs> <clears throat> it's like a wintergreen loskinges. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh and if you've stuck around this long, <laughs> a better spelling of the word is A C C O U C H E M E N T. That still didn't help me. That didn't help me. Oh my god! Is this, I didn't know there's two spellings. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's the one that's the um um. The phonetic spelling. There's a, yeah, procrustiations or whatever. Oh, and I then see. you get okay. the actual spelling. The actual okay. spelling is the second one, the A-C-C-O-U-C-H-E-M-E-N-T. Which is accoutrement. Accoutrement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> might actually be the word. Accoutrement might actually be the word. It's actually accoutrement. A couchement? A couchement. Yeah, it's French. You gotta leave words or letters out and not pronounce them. He's a cooch man. He's a cooch man. Hey. Oh my god. No, Mike's a boob man. He's not a cooch man. Sure Adam's am. like, what the hell did I get into here? <laughs> He's like, oh I'm no. Just wonder, my I'm just wondering when the meetup is. I, I wanna go. Hey, sweet. <laughs> and Hopefully that has in been. September. Yes. I love hey. I love September. That's when the meetups normally is. Yeah, hopefully, as long as we we should be good by then. I hope so. Oh yeah, we could be in the middle of the woods beating each other's drums. It'd be great. <laughs> oh my Jesus! I'm not beating so anything in the woods. Yeah, way. I was going to say mouth. I'm out, guys. I, I won't <laughs> see you there. Well, I'm, I'm I'm talking about like you know the bongos is whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, and that has been the word of the day. <laughs> well, Adam. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for doing this from the road. We know you're out and about doing your thing. Uh, enjoying the cold weather, probably. But uh, thank you for joining Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Everybody, make sure you go check out Adam Sandoval at adamsandoval.com. It's got links to all his social media, his YouTube. You can see what's going on with him. And Adam, again, man, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Um, I look forward to maybe sharing some miles with you all and uh, doing this again. That'd be great. That would be uh, awesome. That would thank be you. awesome. Keep it dirty, riders, and we'll see you next time on the FDB Podcast.